Today on Locked On Red Wings 2022 Red Wings Players Predictions. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio, and Scotty is the host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as we march on through the offseason, first of all, happy August, Scotty. It is now August 1st by the time everyone's listening to this. August, man. The year is honestly flying by. Oh, I know. It's Good it's gravy. It's been absolutely insane. It feels like just yesterday I was working at LCA and oh, stressing out during those game days, man. Those were. Let me tell now, you, now that I don't work almost, there anymore, uh, I can tell you working retail in a sports <laughs> arena is stressful. It was very exciting at times. Very exciting because being in the atmosphere is fantastic. But man, was that job. It was at times, it was nutty, especially with those double headers. Uh, but, I would imagine. Anyways, not talking about me. Yeah, the year is flying by, and we're going to start off today talking about um, player predictions for this upcoming season. We're going to do best-case scenario and worst-case scenario, and we kind of hashed it out before the show began, Scotty, and we are like, well, if we just talk about our predictions for them, our bias is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, everyone gets better. In reality, that's not the case. But you can't ever predict a player is going to take a huge step back. Some people have models that can do that. But the thing is, is we're going to do best case and worst case scenario for both players. And this was your idea. You had done it with Lockdown Tigers uh, back during the offseason as well. So uh, credit to Scotty for coming up with the idea on today's show. Well, it's just like it's it's such a for me. I think it's so like clickbaity and just honestly like stupid to try and predict like a player's exact production or stat line or whatever from year points. to year. Like that's right. Like that's like it's, there's there's no like merit to a lot of it if you're you know if you will come out and you're like he's gonna do exactly this this season. But if you do if you give like a range that offers a a lot more discussion about like the type of caliber of player you think that somebody is, but um it also just it it I, I just think it's a more realistic way of of like i've always been really big that's how i've always uh analyzed or or done like player predictions in any sport for like season to season stuff I, i've always been really big on ceilings and floors so well and in that vein then the way we're going to do it today guys is we're going to do it one episode per segment and we're going to do start off with the top line forward group today Obviously, that means Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond. And I think we're probably best off starting with the man everybody's going to be most interested in the season coming up, the captain, Dylan Larkin. He had season-ending core uh, surgery, says to be says to be progressing well, uh, should, I believe, be ready by the time the season starts. But Dylan Larkin, he had 69 points in 71 games played last season, 31 goals, very close to a career high form if it were not for the injury. And that injury is going to, I think, play a huge role in our predictions for him. It's going to, it's going to play a huge part because last the season prior to that, he, you know, his season ended with an injury this season. It ended with an injury 
Dylan Larkin, Scotty, do you think, well, what's your best case and worst case scenario for him? Well, I mean, we'll we'll start with the the best case scenario. I mean, best case is just you get a full season out of them for starters. I mean, that's the the biggest thing. And I guess you know, in a way, you can say that about pretty much anybody. So I don't even like really bringing up injuries into like predictions because there's everybody in any sport ever. You can be like, oh well, worst case is he only plays half the season or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so like that's it, it's certainly been a thing the last two years for him. Um, even though last year I th- he only missed what 10, 10 games, I think yeah. last year, 10, 11 games, um, just because at the end of the season, they, they just had him sit out, but he was very clearly, uh, they, they heavily implied that he was playing through something at the end, but regardless, um, I, I think the, the best case scenario is you get a full season out of him, And I think your best case scenario for Larkin is that he maintains that like just over a point per game status that he had maintained, throughout almost all the season until the a little bit at the end there before he just started decided to to go get surgery and shut him down the rest of the year but so i i think best case scenario you're looking at um obviously team success is is oriented in all of this but for him individually i i would say it's it's a full season and somewhere around like the 90 point mark i think that that would be that would be that'd be huge everybody saying you know what like this is again like just reconfirming this is the guy uh, i'm not sure that i'm i i have the the guts to say that my best case scenario for him would be like an 100 point season and and not that it's completely impossible or anything but uh that i mean I'm not sure. I feel like that's a bar that a lot of people like in their head want Dylan Larkin to like achieve. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the the standard that that a lot of people want him to hit. And uh, I I think you know he he's got to take this step before I can predict that step. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he his his career high in points is 73, so that would be a, a huge leap forward so i would say best case you know he like i said he maintained over a point a game for a very healthy part of the season so i think best case scenario if everything goes perfectly and he plays 82 games if he can put up like a 90 point season i think that that would be everybody considering it a successful season yeah i mean if it weren't for that injury this season he would have absolutely smashed his career best of 73 points i think right. he easily would have crossed that 80 point value because there's a large part of the season where he was like five points over a point per yeah, game was, and yeah. then after the all-star break you noticed a huge downtick in his playing ability he was still right, putting up is, point totals but he was playing injured that right. entire time yeah they cited the injury all the way back yeah then, yeah so if he comes back 100 percent healthy i think best case scenario him like uh for him is exactly what you said i mean absolute living in the best timeline with him being crossing 100 points but you know if he can stay in my eyes 90 points would be great but if he's just a point per game player but also shores up his defensive side of the puck because right. a lot of the advanced metrics show that he still needs to work on his two-way game a little bit not that he's For bad sure. at it but if he can become that that really dangerous two-way center and still has that production to boot then he is like a bona fide threat anywhere he is on, sure. on the ice and well, he has and- that in him Right, I agree, and and you would you would hope, and we're going to be saying this a lot, I'm sure, over over this series. But you would hope that with you know the signings and the acquisitions and and the players they brought in, that uh, bringing in better defenders around him would then make him also you know better yeah. defensively. So, um, worst case scenario though for Dylan Larkin, what do you think that would be? 
so th- it, it's tough because again, I, I don't want to say like, oh, he gets hurt because again, that that's everybody's worst case. It's also you know yeah, I mean? it's a cop that's, out kind of answer. Right. That's that's not every every single player in, in that's a professional player in any sport. Worst case scenario is they get hurt and miss significant time. So I, I I'm gonna presume that everyone's playing 82 games and still give my best and worst case scenario. Um, and, and I would say it. that the the worst case scenario for Larkin would be a sizable step back in production from what we saw last season, right? So like last year we talked, he was, he ended just barely under a point a game, 69 points in 71 games was was the final mark there. I think a, a worst case scenario for Larkin would be like, if he, if he's playing 82 games and he's putting up what, I, I mean, like, Back, he he reverts back to like that that low sixties point total that he was what his career high was in eighteen nineteen before that seventeen eighteen was was when he was at like sixty three points so I, I think like worst case scenario would be by the end of the season more so than just like a point total or anything at the end of the season if we all look around and go this guy cannot be a one C on a championship team that in in my eyes is worst case scenario like I we can debate over what. His his floor is um, in 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 stats all all we want, but I I think at the end of the day, worst case is whatever leads us to after game eighty two, the fan base looking around and going, he's not the guy that can that can be a one C on a competitive team. Now you're spot on. I mean, the worst case scenario is that this past season's production was an anomaly, and that in reality, he's actually the fifty three point guy from nineteen twenty. Right. You know, the when they played 71 games before the season got shut down, he only had 19 goals and um, 34 assists. Now, sure, you can prorate that to 82 and you'd have a, little, a few more points. But my point still remains is that worst case scenarios, he reverts back to a mid 50s point player and his floor. And we realize that he is just his floor of a 2C. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think everyone has higher hopes than that for the captain. But that's why for we sure. do the best and worst case scenarios. We're not saying either one of these is going to be true, but this is the range in which this next season could go for Dale Larkin, we think. This is for this sure. is the prediction somewhere in that range. Right, for sure. Well, and then, you know, if you want to do like realistic, I guess what that would be like somewhere in the middle of that. Not realistic's probably not the right word cuz I think he realistically could hit that yeah, I best think he's, case scenario, I, but I I think if you're if you want to do I don't know, like a more modest kind of thing, then you would be, again, like around, if he just plays 82 games and and he goes out there and and gives you about a point a game, I think most people are going to be pretty happy with an age 26 season. I mean, the truth is, the true prediction is he's going to be somewhere in the middle there. And I think that you're you're pretty pretty close there. Got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live betting, in-game scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Scott, you know what would be fantastic? You. I, I know I'm fantastic. Thank you. If my camera would stop auto-adjusting the brightness every time I like leaned forward or back so that I had this, so I could stop auto-adjusting my ring light 
<laughs> it's just, it's constantly adjusting, making me look darker. And I'm trying to outshine my blinds behind us. You outshine everything, Brian. Thank you. You're very, you're very charming today. <laughs> um, but because I'm missing that one blind in the middle, that daylight comes through. I might need to just like reposition everything in my room, but I'm also very lazy. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of but, ifs. A lot, of, a lot of ifs involved in there. And I, I know, I know myself and I know that probably none of those ifs are going to come to fruition. Oh, segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, let's move on now to what? You want to do Tyler Bertuzzi? We'll finish sure. off with the soon-to-be sophomore. Sure. So Tyler Bertuzzi this last season had a fantastic year, posting a career high for himself. He had 30 goals and 32 assists for 62 points in 68 games played. Obviously, he missed some time uh, due to not being able to play in Canada, amongst other things. But he had a hell of a season, and people were referring to him as a Marchand light which is one hell of a compliment for the forward. So my question then is the same. Well, same as it was in first segment is what's his best case scenario. Uh, for me, I, I think you're looking at a, a, again, like I'll say this with everybody, but like a fully healthy season is obviously first and foremost, but I, I think best case, I don't expect too much more out of him. Goal production wise. If you were looking at best case, like I, I'm not, Looking for Burt to, you know, push forty goal season, and 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 I don't think he needs to push that to be uh, a first line winger on on this team and and on a competitive team at that. Um, but I, I I think the the biggest thing will be raising his maybe assist totals a little bit, maybe shoring himself up a little bit more on the defensive end, just like everybody else. Um, but just continuing to be that that you know like grit just menace uh, on the ice and and playing a full season with his style of play uh what what he, he had 62 points in 68 games last yeah. year so if you're if you're putting him at about 80 games i think best case scenario for him would would be around 70 points i mean maybe if if you wanted to like stretch it a little bit more and and uh, raises assist totals because you you think Raymond's going to have a really good year or Larkin's going to score some more goals too like maybe you can raise his, his assist numbers even a little bit more and, and, and put him uh, in like the mid seventies. But that, I mean, that seems like a lot if you're going to, if you're going to put him back in that high twenties, low thirties goal total. So I, I think that points wise, I'm, I'm expecting about, uh, about low seventies would be like best case scenario for me. I would consider that a really successful season. Again, assuming that that he shores himself up on on the defensive end even more and and just continues to play that that same style of play all of that with his style of play would be a very successful season honestly i i'm right there with you in terms of i don't know how much more i can want out of him i think tyler bertuzzi has pretty much become exactly and i think honestly more so to a lot of players given to where he was drafted and what people were saying about him on draft night he's become so much more of an asset than anyone had predicted. I mean, his, a lot of people are saying his ceiling was a bottom six forward at the NHL level. And here he is a winger that can play anywhere in the lineup and increase that line's production. Right. He has been, yeah, I would they, argue they almost a diamond down, in the rough. Yeah. They moved him down to second line to spread out the production of the scoring. Like I know he wasn't necessarily a dot. He's taken 58th overall. Like I know he wasn't necessarily like a sixth round pick, but, 
people didn't well, a lot still, of people didn't yeah. think he would have this level of production given his play style but here we are so for me best case scenario is to do exactly what he did this past season across 82 games instead of 68 right you know you prorate what he did this season into 82 games Scotty that's 36 goals 39 assists for 75 points mm-hmm. if you had Tyler Bertuzzi at 75 points at the end of this next season you'd be handing him a nice contract extension because that is a bona fide top winger that not just has skill, but has the grit to say back up his teammates as well. I mean, that's a, that's a force to be reckoned with. So I think best case scenario for him is do exactly what he did this season across a full 82 games. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So worst case scenario though, I think for me is just like with Dylan Larkin this season for Tyler Bertuzzi is an anomaly. And he goes back to being a, you know, a mid to high forties player points player. And that, you know, he always will have his grit and his, him being a pest. He'll always have that, but the production takes a step back and you realize that maybe he is in a top line winger. And then you end up having to sell him at the trade deadline when the team's not playing that well, because he'd be a rental First, sure. That's a worst yeah. case scenario. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think worst case is, is going back to, you know, b- before last year was, well, I guess two seasons ago now uh, was the injury year. So so a- excluding 2021, like 2019-20 and, and 2018-19 are, are almost copy and paste the exact same production from him. Uh, and like all of his stats are, are almost the exact same. So I, I think him going and reverting back. And like you said, just that this last season was the anomaly and he goes back to doing that. And the, the goal scoring dropping off, I think would be the biggest thing. Um, Cause the, the assist was within like five or six of what he usually does, but the, the goal scoring is obviously what went up, you know, 10, yeah. nine, 10 goals. So that's the, the, the biggest thing I, I think is if the goal production just like falls off a cliff. Um, and again, like we said with Larkin, worst case scenario would be looking around after game eighty-two and going, "Okay, well, we we need to find a uh, a solidified, you know, top end, top end winger because Bert's not it." Yeah, because in eighteen nineteen and nineteen twenty, he played over seventy games and had forty-seven and forty-eight points respectively, both twenty goal seasons, twenty-one goal seasons technically, and those are great. That's great production out of a, mm-hmm. a winger with his play style, but that's not top line level production out of a Ford. I think in that case, you're looking at him being a middle six, four that's over a half point per game. That's still really good given his play style. But this last season, he showed that he can play on the top line. And I, the best case scenario for Tyler Bertuzzi is that he proves that again, this season that this, that last season was not a flash in the pan and that he is a goal scorer, that he is a playmaker and he's the backbone of this roster when it comes to physicality. And that's that's the best case scenario with him. I don't think anyone would argue that for sure. Yeah, no, if, if you're uh, again, like if you're just doing like what you think at the end of the season, best case scenario would be after game 82, just being confident wherever they place him going forward and you know, extend you, the mother. Well, yeah, yeah. Extending him is obviously, you know, being confident in extension would obviously be there, too. But I think, you know, he he's shown that no matter what line he plays on, he's productive, like you said. So I think. Best case scenario would just be like, hey, we extend Bert and and whoever we add and, and whatever we do with the lines going forward, wherever he ends up playing, we we know that he will bring bring solid production. Yeah. And I do want to add this too on the Dylan Larkin topic. I know we've moved past that, but just to bring it back, Dylan Larkin's not maybe well, 
He is definitely very physical. He's not afraid to stand up for himself, which is one thing we love and hate about him. But when he's on his game and he looks like the over point per game player that we saw this last season, like he has the ability to bring the whole team up with him. When he's playing his best hockey, the whole team is playing their best hockey. You could very much see that. Remember when he was on that streak of scoring the first goal every single game with like the yeah. for the Red Wings in like the first minute? I mean, the, what do they say? Rising tides bring the whole the ship up or whatever. The analogy is I didn't say it right, but you get my, my gist. No, you didn't, but yeah. <laughs> when Dylan Larkin is on, the whole team's better. And that's why Dylan Larkin, I, I hope when he has a best case scenario, he'll help fuel best case scenarios for the rest of his team. And so Dylan, that's why Dylan Larkin is the captain, because he does truly bring up the whole team. So that's why best case scenario for him and Tyler Bertuzzi as well are so vital for this team's success. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be right back to talk about Lucas Raymond right after these messages. I'm not really good at going to the transition to the ad breaks yet, am I? I'm getting used to those. Segment three, Monday edition, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Lucas Raymond, Scotty. He is a rookie this past, was a rookie this past year, came fourth in the Calder vo- votes. He had 57 points in 82 games played. One of three players who played all 82. 57 points out of a rookie is not bad. He had 23 goals and what? I'm so bad at math. 24 34. assists. 34 assists. Thank you. you because the website I use breaks up assists one and assists two, and I always have to combine them together. And that's oh. why I major in math. That's why I got Scotty. He's a mathematician and a writer. Uh, Absolutely not. One of those things. So Lucas Raymond is probably one of the more interesting ones because we only have one year of data to really look at him and try and predict what he's going to do. But we saw a lot of great things out of this rookie last year. And he came out of training camp going from a guy you didn't expect to make the roster to bona fide right winger on the top line for the Detroit Red Wings. Like there's there's a a big range here with Lucas Raymond and where he could land. And I mean, where do you think his uh, best case and worst case scenarios could be? Yeah, I, I think for me, best case scenario was him, w- with him would be if he bagged a thirty goal season. I, I think that that's that's a, a best case scenario for for me. If he if his assist numbers you know are are about the same, maybe they get a little bit better uh, because because the team's a little bit better, but not not too much more in in that regard. But if he if he goes out there and and has a has a thirty goal season as a second year player, I think that that is is best case scenario for me and you know that would that would be a, a mid 60s high 60s point total as a second year player in 82 games um and would turn him into a pretty legitimate you know goal scoring threat yeah i when it comes to lucas raymond i mean he's so young so what 20 years old now to finally turn 20 it, this will be his age 20 season yeah. which is absolutely insane and he you know put up impressive numbers his goals above replacement percentile were 72 percent as a 19 year old in the nhl last season and he had over 20 goals so there's a lot to be loved there i mean this is a guy who played on forward line one almost the entire season there were a few moments he played down in the lineup but almost the entire season he played time on power play and penalty kill one with Lucas Raymond, I feel like obviously best case scenario is everything gets better, but he's another player where I also want to see strides taken in the defensive zone. We yeah, saw a sure. lot early in the season, early in the season, he came out like a rocket and he was doing a lot of great things on both sides of the puck. His I, hockey IQ was insane. He was doing things to NHL veterans that NHL veterans weren't doing to NHL veterans. It's just, he had a lot to show, but I think as teams got tape on him and realized his play style, they learned how to mitigate that. And he was still an incredibly effective player throughout the entire season, but you saw him begin to slow down. I mean, he went from a Calder favorite 
to fourth place. Not that that's a slight at, by any means. He finished fourth in the Calder voting, which is amazing, phenomenal. But he did slow down a little bit. So I think here, my best case scenario is for him to not just develop his game, but develop his mind as well to the NHL level so that he can keep up with the pace. You know, his playing style is so smart. Like he, his whole basis of his playing style is based on thinking, which is such a huge thing. He tends to do the right things at the right time, especially in the offensive zone. If he can just take that a step forward, you're going to see every aspect of his game get better. So 30 goal score, that'd be fantastic. But even if he doesn't score 30 goals, if you see a little bit of an uptick in his production, but also an uptick in his defensive side, best case scenario, I'd be very happy. I think if he cr- can crack, if he can crack 60 points this season, be it through goals, through assists, I don't care. Then clearly his production has taken a step forward. And as long as this team isn't dead last and goals against per 60 again, right? then I'll argue his defense took a step forward as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and again, as we've said, Already a million times on this episode, and we'll probably continue to say the uh, the rest of the team getting better defensively will certainly help all the individuals and all the you know other pieces we brought in will help. But uh, yeah, I think I think sixty points should be the uh, the 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 benchmark or, or whatever for a for a next step forward. Just period. I mean, you know, he put up fifty seven points in, in his rookie year, so I think any improvement would be good there. But as as far as you know. Like best case scenario, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's uh, would be like a if, if he put up a thirty goal season and and improved defensively, that would be like the top end best that that I could possibly uh, expect out of him. No, but when you come to the worst case scenario, this is where it gets tricky though, because you're again, you you know, you hear the term sophomore slump. I mean, Dylan Larkin had a sophomore slump. Right, that is definitely it's, the the fear. Yeah, and this is why when I talk about my best case scenario, my best case scenario is basically avoiding the sophomore slump. The sophomore slump is essentially when a player comes in the league and they're fantastic, but then the league, exactly as I said, now knows how that player plays, adjusts. The player doesn't adjust back as fast or counter adjust, whatever you want to say. So they're now all of a sudden doing the same things they did the rookie year. And it's not working anymore because other teams have figured it out. If Lucas Raymond, and I have every belief that he is this smart is able to avoid the sophomore slump is able to adjust the league, adjusting to him and keep his production going on and put on a little bit more weight, which would help. Then Lucas Raymond is going to be just fine. But if he can't, and he has a sophomore slump, and he slides back to the low 40s, high 30s, and his defense doesn't get any better. And he not, by the end of game 82, you're looking at him and going, middle six forward right now? That would be a worst-case scenario. Yeah, I, I, I think that – I don't think no matter what he does – I mean, he would have to have a catastrophic season yes. for people to be like, oh, you know, he's he's – going to be a, a middle six forward for the rest of his career like you know he's 20 but um i i do think that if he was to get to a point where on a night-to-night basis people were like hey he shouldn't be in you know maybe he'll go back there hopefully the, the hope would be he'd go back to the top line but for now he needs to not be that would be that would be worst case i mean anything that I don't think anyone expects a catastrophic drop off just because of no. how how talented he he was and how good he was last season but any any sort of slight drop off or or I mean like to be honest with you even if it was uh, around the same like even if he ended 
with like 20 goals and 30 assists, right? He last year he had 23 and 34. If he was around 20 and 30, I think that would be like, eh, you know, I guess that's not worst case scenario, but it would just make everybody go like, okay, like for sure. But uh, you know, we're we're waiting for you to take the next step, kind of thing. But worst case, I I agree. Worst case scenario, you you could uh, draw up for Raymond would be would be him playing having a big enough drop off where where he is not trusted within the fan base or the coaching staff to be on the top line anymore. No, I completely agree and I don't think this is again when we talk about these worst and best case scenarios because I want to hammer this home. Um these are the ranges. And honestly in a lot of these at, a lot of these guys especially with the top line, they're closer to the best case than they are the worst case. I genuinely sure. think that. So yeah, this would be the worst case scenario, but like you said, Scotty, it would have to be a catastrophic season for Lucas Raymond, for us to be saying that, and for the Red Wings organization to be saying that middle six forward, because he has shown us, I mean, listen, I said, talking about his season last year, the league began to adjust to him, which is why he wasn't as effective, but he was still effective because he began to adjust back. So he's shown that he can adjust to the league adjusting to him. So I'm not really all that afraid that he's going to hit hard with a sophomore slump. Just saying that if he did, however small that percentage would be, that would be a worst-case scenario. I have full faith in Lucas Raymond, especially, that he's going to be able to adjust and be just as effective, especially playing on a line with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, which is another thing we didn't really talk about. If, for, for one of these guys to have a worst-case scenario, all three of them are going to have to have worst-case scenarios because we saw during the for season sure. they raise each other up. You know, they play their chemistry together, got the best out of each individual player. If Dylan Larkin doesn't have a 30-goal season and have the type of production he has, then Tyler Berduzzi doesn't have a 30-goal season and the type of production he has. And neither of them have the type of production they have without Lucas Raymond setting them up for the success. And Lucas Raymond got set up a ton by Tyler Bertuzzi as well. So you look at the type of player that Dylan Larkin is, and he is an offense first forward. You look at the types of goals he scores, it's because he's starting to, He's starting to cheat out of the zone and he gets a long pass for the breakaway finishes. Who's giving him these passes? Tyler Bertuzzi, Lucas Raymond. He doesn't have that success without these guys. Their success is very much determined by the success of one another. And that's why I think that you're closer to the best case scenario because they gel. Yeah. I, I mean, for sure. The, the, I, I agree with the, the one statement you made specifically where you said, if, if, one of these guys hits their their worst case. Uh, it, it, it's probably going to take multiple of them hitting their yeah. worst case. So it, it's definitely going to be a a team thing. And yeah, you know this is best, and and we're giving you a range. And the the hope would be, and and the expectation would be that they, the highest percent chance would be that they would fall somewhere, you know, in the middle of that, probably on a little bit of a of the higher end of that, and a slightly altered bell curve. <laughs> where the where the peak is slightly uh on uh you know above above halfway. So then let's end it on this. Guys, you can comment on our YouTube video, you can reply to our new episode tweet or Facebook post or whatever. Let us know what you think the best and worst case scenarios. I guess best, worst case and realistic case scenarios for all three of these players we did today. And I'm going to be asking you guys to do that after every single episode. So Give us what you guys think, and you know maybe we'll mention it on one of these episodes. Look at your comments and and uh, give it a shout out. So, Scotty, any final thoughts, man? Um, we ball.
We absolutely ball. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with a new episode breaking down what well, we decided uh, first defensive pairing and one goaltender, right? We're going to alternate between forwards and defense. So it's going to be your first defensive pairing goaltender on Wednesday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. <laughs>